please rise as you are able and receive this reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, beginning in verse 24. In this passage, Jesus is speaking to a few of his disciples as they sit on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Creator. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Thank you, choir. Good morning. My name is Reverend T.C. Morrow, and I'm glad to serve in secondary appointment on Foundry's extended clergy team. And my primary ministry setting is with an interfaith, uh, faith-based human rights organization called the National Religious Campaign Against Torture. And it is my pleasure to be with you this morning on this side of the room. Thank you for holding it down over there. <laughs> on this first Sunday of Advent, we begin a new sermon series titled The Perfect Gift. As the Christmas season has many of us thinking about gifts, the joy of giving and receiving, we will spend some time reflecting on gifts you can't find in a store or countless hours searching online retailers. Gifts that uh, Miss Natalie did get the children to share some of these, though they had some other creative ideas as well. So gifts like sharing words of love, doing acts of kindness, being in solidarity, reaching out in service, and being generous with our time and attention. As we draw nearer to the annual celebration of Jesus's birth on Christmas Day, we invite you to spend time in these weeks reflecting on the good gifts that God has given to you and time reflecting on your ongoing responses with others and in the world around you. Will you join me in prayer? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts 
be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I sat drinking my morning coffee with our cat Missy on my lap, scrolling through countless pages of Pokemon t-shirts. It was the second week of November, just a few weeks ago, and we were going to celebrate Christmas over Thanksgiving weekend at my sister's house. And I just had to find the perfect Pokemon t-shirt for my sister, and time was running out. We are both avid Pokemon Go players. See me later for my friend code. And she loves to wear her Pokemon t-shirts. I wanted to find just the right one to add to her collection. And she particularly likes tie-dyed t-shirts, and I did last year find a Pokemon t-shirt that was tie-dyed with a Pokemon character on it. But this year, I didn't see any that I liked, and I even considered buying a, tie or buying a Pokemon t-shirt and tie-dyeing it myself. But let's be real, I was just too lazy to do that. And so I eventually found a shirt based on the Beatles' Abbey Road album cover. It says the starters and has Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander, and Pikachu on the crosswalk. My search was over. I decided that it was the one. And when gifts were indeed exchanged a little over a week ago, it was warmly given and warmly received. This week, I thought about the time that we spend searching for just the right one the right gift, the right school, the right vacation activities, the right significant other, the right place to live. And as I read over Pastor Ginger's sermon description about silently given gifts, I thought about the few weeks earlier this fall that I made sure to text or call my sister every morning and night. Now we're in a family group chat, I am sure that there is a text message from my mother, because I saw there were some before I headed into the sanctuary, and she will be reporting on what they found at the Leesburg outlets <laughs> after my dad got back from a trip early this morning. So we're on that group family chat, and I don't always text my sister. Uh, we don't always text directly, just the two of us every day. But she was in a moment, in a, in a period this fall that I intentionally wanted to check in with her more regularly. I had so easily gotten sucked into a long internet search in an attempt to find a perfect shirt for her. And then I thought this week, am I also giving that same attention considering what gifts of time and love that I can give to her all year round. We can spend so much time searching for the perfect thing that we can miss out on what's going on around us. We can miss the opportunity of the moment. We want to share the right special gift, but I encourage you not to let the impulse for perfection stop you from sharing what you have now. In a culture that is so obsessed with perfection, we can worry so much about making things the very best that we end up 
getting stuck in doing nothing or spending so much time on just one focused thing. Now, the search is important, but instead of searching for the imagined ideal, we can stay attentive and watchful, searching for how we can share the gift of God's love through our everyday encounters. We can worry that we don't have the right skills or the right education or the right temperament or the right fill in the blank. But my friends, when we show up as ourselves, God will always find a way to use it, to use us. We can worry we don't have the right words, but our presence can be enough when accompanying someone through a hard time. We can worry that our speaking out won't make a difference, but change can happen with persistence. We can worry that we've not always done the right things in the past, and frankly, that we might mess up again. But with forgiveness, we can keep trying. The good news is that God's grace is abundant, and all day long, God is working for good in the world. The apocalyptic tone in both our scripture lessons today acknowledges the big rift between our current realities and the totality of God's promises. We could write our own lament and still be here tomorrow listing all the ways that we are separate from God all the ways that we do damage to ourselves, to each other, and to our planet. We cry out, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? And wonder, wonder when God's promises will be fulfilled. Yet I can give witness that even in my own days of greatest lament, I believe that God is at work in us and through us. I love that imagery from Isaiah 64, 8. We are the clay and you are our potter. God shapes us over time and it takes time. We've got to remember that the potter needs at least some time to do her work. You don't just take the clay, throw it, and just instantaneously have something. It takes some work. This certainly might mean some patience, cultivating some patience on our part while we are being molded. But we have each other. We have each other to learn and to serve with, to sit in coffee hour with, to pray and to celebrate and to grieve with. While we may seek that big eureka moment, that heart-strangely-warmed moment, God is gifting us with glimpses of the kingdom every day. A smile from a stranger, a kind word at the doctor's office, finding inspiration in a piece of music, a compliment that brightens your day, a call from a friend just when you need it most. 
successful labor negotiations yielding better pay and conditions in the midst of a strike, directly impacted people empowered to share their experiences with policymakers leading to real change. God is gifting us with glimpses of the kingdom every day. The search for encountering Christ this Advent starts with being open to all the ways that God is revealed to us in our ordinary everyday experiences. In a Bible study this week, a member shared how she can lay on her couch in her, I believe it's the 14th floor of her apartment building in Arlington, and she can lay on the couch and look out the window and just see, only see the sky. No other buildings in view. She started doing this every morning. Awake before the sunrise, this gives grounding and connection to the world beyond those next door buildings. This time provides a source of hope amidst challenging days. Now, I'm personally not much of a morning person, so it is sunsets that catch my awe and help connect me to God's good creation. I love to walk to the lake near my house and watch the sunset, or I look out my west-facing kitchen window and remember my grandmother, Maro. Grandma Maro often commented on the location of the setting sun in the fields outside her kitchen window as we would get dinner ready during the months I lived with my grandparents before I moved here to DC. She'd comment as the weeks and months went by, um, I was with them in the winter and the spring, so the sun was headed north. It is not only the sheer beauty of a gorgeous sunset that connects me to that which is holy, but I'm often reminded of my grandmother and the cycle of life. I give thanks to God for the beautiful gift of it, for all the times that her memory comes to my mind when I see the setting sun, helping me put into perspective the challenges of my day. In the midst of all the pain and suffering of our world, we need to be reminded of the ways that God is with us. We search for glimpses of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, seeking nourishment to sustain our hope. We yearn for the fulfillment of the kingdom, the coming of the Messiah, as described in today's gospel text in Mark 13, as the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. In the midst of all the pain and suffering in our world, we yearn for an end to destruction and death. We seek to keep cynicism at bay and maintain hope that brokenness, hate, and war do not have the final say. Advent marks a period of watchful waiting, not only for celebrating the birth of Jesus, but for anticipating when Christ comes in final victory, as Pastor Ginger will pray as part of our communion liturgy. It is a time, Advent is a time to find ways to renew our hope 
that new ways of being in relation to God and each other are possible, that new life is possible. This morning, we joined Christians this day and in the past 2,000 years and in the future in celebrating Holy Communion. We remember Jesus' birth and death and victory of new life over all that seeks to destroy. This day, may you be open to Christ's liberating love in your own life and how God is equipping you to share that perfect gift through your work and deeds, through what you prioritize and what you pay attention to. At this table, my friends, may you encounter Christ's liberating love and find a peace that surpasses all understanding. May it fill you with hope that buoys you, with glimpses of the kingdom of God, even amongst all of the heartaches of our lives. May God's grace surround you this day and every day. May you be filled with hope and empowered to share that hope. Amen. Amen.